Did you know that the Bible says that faith without works is absolutely useless? What does that mean? What is faith? And why is it useless without works? And what in the world are works? Oh, so many questions to answer. We will attempt to answer them all on today's podcast by opening up the Word of God and discovering those answers that we so desperately need. You're listening to the Charisma Podcast Network, and I am Carol McLeod, your host on A Jolt of Joy. Are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? This is James chapter 2, verse 20. Do you know what this verse is yelling into your life today? If you are not willing to recognize that faith without works is useless, then you are a fool. You are a fool if you don't agree with this very basic spiritual tenet. Faith without works doesn't work. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying through James in James 2.20. My friends, don't be a couch potato Christian when you just sit around talking about heaven and Jesus and how good he is all day long. Make a difference. Will you make a difference in the world in which we live? The world is desperate for the faith of believers to become action. Listen, if you're not convicted yet, Put your finger under your nose and make sure that you are still breathing. Now, just wait. Get ready for the sword of the Spirit to make a gashing imprint in your soul in James chapter 3. I want you to hang on tight because your life is about to be changed in a practical sense. You can make it. You can listen to this. James 3 verse 1. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. Now, as I start this third chapter of James and read these words from verse 1, don't allow your eyes to glaze over and dismiss yourself from what is to come. Don't sit there and contentedly say, I'm not the teacher, Carol, you are. This verse is for you. You might be thinking, uh, Carol, in case you didn't know, I'm an accountant, I'm a mom, I'm a cashier, a hairdresser, a nurse, a widower, a banker, a secretary, I'm a CEO. These words have nothing to do with me. Well, hold your horses for just one minute, because let me tell you something. On the contrary, you are a teacher, We all teach with our lives, don't we? Someone is watching you every day. Someone is listening to your life every single day. Someone is waiting for you to live out your Christianity. Somebody is waiting for you to walk out your Christianity. Someone is waiting for you to talk and follow up with action your belief 
in Jesus Christ. If you have been a Christian for only one day, you have earned your master's degree in teaching, my friend. Every word that you speak has the capacity to give either good information or bad information. Every word that you speak, every truth you emote with your life, you're either giving somebody the truth or a half-truth. You're either leading people to God with your life or you're leading them away from God with your life. You are a teacher. We are all teachers. James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, in every profession, in every career, there's a chief instrument that the person utilizes. For the mechanic, he uses a wrench almost every day of his life. For an architect, probably uses a protractor. For an accountant, they would use a calculator. For a nurse, she would probably use a thermometer or a stethoscope. Now, a surgeon, his chief instrument is a scalpel. Some professions, by their very nature, use more dangerous instruments. Isn't that the truth? A scalpel exacts much more damage than does a calculator. I would rather meet someone in a back alley with a calculator any day than with a scalpel. The most dangerous profession of all is that of being a teacher, which we have already determined that you are. If you have known Jesus Christ for one day, you, my friend, are a teacher. Your tongue is the chief instrument of being a teacher. It's not a chalkboard, it's not a whiteboard, and it's not a geography book. Your tongue is your chief instrument when you are a teacher. And with your tongue, you can bring either great healing to your students' lives or do inestimable damage to them. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The power of life and death are in the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The power of life and death are in your tongue, my friend, the teacher. And with your tongue, you will either minister life to the people in your classroom or you will assassinate them with your tongue. One thing that James chapter 3 verse 2 told us is that we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble or slip up in the area of our tongues. Now, isn't that the truth? For me, I never plan to say something mean or unkind. I I really don't do premeditated sin with my tongue, do you? It's just that often I'm caught off guard and then I'm guilty. I slipped. I stumbled. You know, it's been my experience that no matter what other areas of your life you have under control, I can guarantee you that every single person listening today wishes that he or she could take back something she has said. 
I personally could make an unending list of things that I wish I had never said, I had never communicated, I had never gossiped about, I had never spoken in anger or in impatience to my children or to my husband or to my parents. I barely go through a day without wishing that I could take something back, without wishing that, oh, crumb, I wish I could correct a misquote or minimize an exaggeration that I spoke. I wish I could say things in a different tone of voice than that with which I spoke them. Let's read James chapter 3, verse 2 again. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Tongue control is a mark of maturity. That word perfect in James chapter 3 verse 2 is actually more accurately translated mature. He is a mature man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And so tongue control is truly a mark of maturity. It's a litmus test to see if you're a toddler Christian still talking baby talk, if you're a third grade Christian, if you're an adolescent Christian always emoting, always talking about your feelings, or if you are a mature believer, the most mature Christians among us have the most control of their tongues. We can discern in one another's lives whether we're growing in the Lord, whether we've reached a certain place of maturity in the Lord, or if we're a baby Christian by the jibber jabber, by the hurtful, painful babble that comes out of our mouths. James 3, verse 3. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. This verse is telling us that if you can control your tongue, your entire life will be in order. Your home will be more peaceful. Your marriage will be healthier. Your friendships will be more valued. You will be a man or a woman of excellence if your tongue has been bridled. You know, one of the things I always say when I'm teaching on the power of the tongue is this, you don't have to say everything that you think, feel, and believe. You don't. You just don't have to. Just because you feel it doesn't mean that you get to say it. Just because it's your opinion does not mean that you get to say it. Bridle it. Put a bridle in your mouth. Your tongue might seem little to you, but the power of life and death is in your tongue. It's an instrument in your career of being a teacher that wields massive power. Now, I'm not an expert on horses, but this is what I do know about dealing with a horse. You don't put the bridle in a horse's mouth while it's still out in the open field. You put the bridle in the horse's mouth when it's in the stall, before it's in the open range, experiencing a whole realm of life experiences. For me, 
This means giving myself verbal boundaries before I hit the rough patches in life, before I'm with women who gossip, before someone confronts me about something uncomfortable, before I notice that my husband has forgotten to take out the trash, before my kids talk back to me. Before my sister starts digging up our past, before politics comes up in the office, I put verbal boundaries in place. That is my bridal. Because I know my weaknesses, these are my boundaries. I don't get to lie or exaggerate. I don't get to put someone else down, even in jest. I don't get to gossip about others who are made in the image of God. I don't get to hang out with people who gossip or who are negative. I don't get to tell my side of the story just to make myself look better. I don't get to murmur or whine or complain. My tongue will always be used as an instrument of praise. That is my bridal, and I must keep it on at all times. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.